vote because it's coming up. Yes, it is the coming primaries. up. I can't vote in the primary because I'm technically registered as unaffiliated. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm an unaffiliated voter. Proud mm-hmm. of it. Because I can't vote in the primaries. But those yeah. of you that are affiliated with either party, please vote for me. Yes. Vote for somebody good. <laughs> yes. Or just vote for anybody, really, at this point. Just vote. I don't care. I kind of care who it is. But yeah. I, in a sense, I don't care who it is. Just vote because mm-hmm. everybody needs to vote. It is your right. We fought hard for it, especially when yes. we just had like our 150th anniversary. Of in Utah specifically because yeah. Utah had the first woman ever to vote. That's right. It's like Sarah Young, I think her yes. name was. Woo! Yes! Forever. Woo. I'm so happy yeah. about that. So mm-hmm. vote. Yeah, I actually um, was talking with my mom about this because she like went to a seminar about like why we don't ever teach that part of Utah history and like how to teach it. Yeah. And because like I didn't know that Utah had the first woman ever to vote, and it was like 50 years before it was nationally legal. Yeah. Or it was federally legal. Um, but it was because it was actually because of polygamy. I know. Is right. That, crazy? It, that blows my mind that because there were like. Because the men were off bouncing around in between <laughs> their families, that the women had like women had like uh, the right to their children, and they had right to own property, and they had the right to vote because they were pretty much alone the majority of their lives. <laughs> so yeah, it's also funny that like <laughs> they had the right to vote, and then like the government took it away for yeah. a while. It's like, what up with that? Yeah, whatever. I'm bitter. But yeah, vote. Vote. Please. Please. <laughs> Just yeah. Vote. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our fifth episode of From the Hill, a 13-episode podcast following the Utah legislative session over the six-week period. We're your hosts. I'm Marina McTee, Managing Editor of the Forum. And I'm Cami Mondo, Editor-in-Chief. There's been a lot of activity going on at Capitol Hill this week with more bills being passed. We're up to 57 past bills, last time I checked, and we've even seen some bills that were previously killed come back and be passed. They're zombie bills. (laughs) I know. I was like, ooh, it's back in business. Night of the Living Dead up here. (laughs) Um, In this episode, we're going to be focusing on some of the legislation surrounding abortion rights. There are a couple different bills being drafted surrounding the hot topic issue, which has become a huge talking point for presidential candidates and has often been the make it or break it decision for some people. But before we get into that, we'll dive into the highlights from this week and some of our favorite honorable mentions. First up, we have a bill that addresses an issue that's been a cause for concern for several parents for several parents over the years, cell phone usage while driving. Under this new bill, it would be it would essentially ban the use of cell phones while driving altogether. It's called the Distracted Driver Amendments that is sponsored by Carol Spackman Moss, and it says, quote, an individual may not manually manipulate a handheld wireless communication device while operating a motor vehicle. Under the bill, you can't use social media apps like texting, emailing, recording video, or watching videos, Snapchatting, that kind of stuff. But it gets more specific. It requires that the phone is put on, like, your dashboard, your windshield, or inside the console while you're driving. And anyone who's caught using their phone will get an infraction on the first offense. On second offense, if the driver inflicts bodily harm on another person and it's because they were on the phone, they'll face a Class B misdemeanor. 
People can still use wireless devices, they can still use their phones if they're parked or if they're reporting a safety hazard or criminal activity. This isn't the first time Carol Spackman Moss has presented this bill. She presented a very similar, if not the same, bill last year. Honestly, I am guilty as charged with this. No! (laughs) I know, it's really bad, and maybe I'll get arrested for saying this, I don't know. But yeah, I am guilty. I use my phone quite a bit while I drive. Cammy! I know, it's really bad. I'm getting better, though. Yeah, I never I never text while drive. I only ever pick up my phone if I'm like dead stopped like at a red light and it's only it's only to like change music if I'm like really annoyed with what's playing. Really? Yeah. I use my phone a lot. <laughs> and How it's dare so you, Cammy. I know it's so bad. It's not as bad. I had a friend once tell me that she watches Netflix while she drives and oh my I'm God. not and I'm not that bad. That so. is horrible. <laughs> I know. So, I'm better than that. Yeah. But I am pretty bad. Yeah. Also, I feel like um, a lot of these, like, don't use your phone bills are always targeted at, like, teens and stuff. And yes, teens are guilty of it. But the majority of people I know that use their phones while driving are adult people that are, like, over 30. That's what I'm saying. Not to call out my mom. (laughs) Yeah, my dad, too. But, like, my mom used to play, like, Candy Crush while she was driving. If she knows I said this, she'll be mad at me. But I don't think she listens, so whatever. But, yeah, and I was like, that's way worse than what I do. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah. And, Dad, if you're listening to this, (laughs) because... You asked me to send you the link the other day to this <laughs> podcast, so I know that you're probably going to listen to it. Please stop using your phone while you're driving. We have been trying to get you to stop doing it for years, and it kind of blows my mind that you think that you can safely do it, because yeah, it's bad. I don't know. My dad thinks that he's like a really like good and safe driver, and he is the majority of the time, but he also thinks that makes him think that he can use his phone while driving. <laughs> That's what... Okay. <laughs> To be fair, that's my rationalization, too. I'm like, I've never gotten, like, a ticket or anything, so I'm good. But it is ironic. I saw the news article that this bill was being passed Mm -hmm. while I was driving. Oh, God! (laughs) So, yeah, maybe they should pass it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it definitely should be passed. Especially, like, um, I don't know if, like, you've experienced this, but... They, I've when I've been driving, there are a lot of like semi truck drivers that use their phones while they're driving oh, because it's oh. really difficult for semi truck drivers to be caught doing it because they're so like up high that nobody can see them oh. doing it. And that's terrifying. Yeah. Don't yeah. do that. I think this should be passed. Yes, uh, I agree. yeah, I agree too. Yeah. Next, we actually have an update on a bill we looked at in one of our first episodes: the failed bill against banning tanning bed usage among teenagers. The bill failed at its first hearing on the House floor because a lot of representatives said they didn't think the government should be involved in those kinds of manners. The bill originally said that teenagers would be banned even if their parents or doctors approved it, which is how they can use tanning beds now. But with this newly drafted bill, it will allow teenagers to use a tanning bed only if a doctor signs a no. But even if they have like parental approval, they can't do it. So what has changed? So <laughs> basically before it was like they can't use it no matter what. Doctors, parents, nothing. But now it's like you can if your doctor says you can. And that apparently makes 
represents yeah our representatives <laughs> are like oh, okay yeah no that's cool too and then they agreed with it so it actually like passed really at least the senate i think mm. it passed somebody yeah and also, it's weird yeah also i think it's kind of hilarious that like this is the line where the government <laughs> says they shouldn't get involved <laughs> i know i was like, like everything else they want to get involved with but this mm -hmm. they're like tanning mm. Mm, that's not our place mm. <laughs> it's like i'm gonna step out <laughs> but we're gonna yeah. tell you what you can do with your body but not when it comes to tanning <laughs> <laughs> oh too real <laughs> but yeah so we'll get into that later <laughs> <laughs> a foreshadowing of what's to come but uh, yeah yeah but so. like can you imagine like making an appointment with your doctor simply so that you can ask them Hey, can I use a tanning bed? <laughs> yeah, they're like, I know my mom said yes, but I need you to say yes. And your doctor's like, um... What doctor is going to say yes to that? What doctor do you go to <laughs> to ask yeah. to use a tanning bed? I don't know. Do you go to a dermatologist? I, your general practitioner? I, yeah, <laughs> I just don't know. And why? Whatever. What? I, whatever. It's past. There's nothing yeah, we can do about it now. Like, it's weird. <laughs> I know. It's there. Didn't like it the first time, but don't like it now. Yeah. This is probably, like, in 10 years, it's going to be on those lists of, like, weird, weird laws. laws you didn't yeah. know were actually th there. That teenagers can't use tan. I don't even know a teenager who uses tanning beds. Neither do I. It's not really a thing anymore. Like, we just go hiking all the time. Yeah. Well, I don't go hiking all the time, but yeah, I, other someone people do. Does. Someone yeah. does. <laughs> I was like, if I want a fake tan, I just put the lotion on. <laughs> yeah, nobody tan. actually uses tanning beds anymore. We just use tanning lotion and go get spray tans. Yeah, so ban that, I dare you. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, anyway, um, next we have a bill that can make it much more expensive if you pass a school bus incorrectly. So all that stuff you read in the driver's ed handbook that you never reference back to may actually come back to haunt you. Yep, under the bill, it would raise the penalty for passing a school bus that is displaying flashing lights. Specifically, the bill would raise from $100 to $250. The sponsor of the bill, Representative Craig Hall, says the that the law is violated over 900 times a day. Oh, some people in the House say that the increased fine isn't enough, and another representative actually suggested that they include community service as a punishment. They should make them all become, like, crossing guards or something. <laughs> Give them but a yeah. vest. <laughs> but yeah. Just to refresh from drivers at class, when a bus has flashing red lights and the bus arm is down, kids are being loaded or unloaded onto the bus. When those red flashing lights are going off, you have to stop according to the law. Thank you. I don't yeah. remember drivers at. I, I mean, I don't really know the last time I was behind a school bus. Yeah, that's also true. But I feel like if that little stop sign is down and flashing, yeah, I'm going to stop. Yeah, it literally says stop and flashes <laughs> giant red lights at you. Like, who are these 900 people not mm -hmm. stopping? They're yeah. children. Yes. And that's the biggest problem with people not stopping is that there are children running around the bus <laughs> yes. and that aren't looking where they're going because children. They're children. They're children. <laughs> yeah. And so you should stop because those signs are legally a stop sign. Yeah, I'm like, it's pretty spelled out for you, literally, to stop. Yeah. So I don't know who you are, but mm -hmm. just stop. Also, it doesn't take that long for kids to get on or off a bus. 
Yeah, and it's like it, the middle of the yeah. bay. Where do you have to be? Yeah, <laughs> why like are you? <laughs> yeah, what are you so like excited to get to at three in the afternoon? It's like Wednesday afternoon, three yeah. p.m. You're racing around town. You can wait five minutes at the most. It yeah, doesn't take that long. Yeah, not even that for most the of the time to get off. Yeah, because the children don't want to be on that bus anymore. No, you want to be stuck behind not. it, so. Yeah. So just have faith that they're going to run mm-hmm. and they'll be fast. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the honorable mentions from this week. Soon kids at school can eat breakfast at school for free and in class. Yes. This bill passed the House on Monday um, and it requires schools to enroll in a new program called School Breakfast Program that says schools with 50% enrollment or more have free or reduced meal plans that serves breakfast after the school bell rings. The bill sponsors say this bill would help kids who are in higher poverty who experience hunger. It gives the food to them for free so they don't have to pay, but it also lets them eat in class because these kids in worse monetary conditions can't always get to school an hour early to eat. Some schools already offer this after the first bell breakfast program, and they say it works well. However, some schools, like in California, who do this same program, say it raises issues of messy classrooms and less teaching time. Hmm. I, that's a really dumb excuse. <laughs> that is, yeah, I agree, because let's be real. I was one of those people who, like, never ate breakfast because I didn't have enough time in the morning. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't eat breakfast, I was not paying attention to my teacher because I was yeah. starving. Yeah. So less teaching time, sure, but also no one's listening yeah. to you. Do you want kids who are not starving or... Do you want to vacuum your, or do you, like, not want to vacuum your classroom afterwards, you know? Yeah, and like, I'm like, <laughs> a messy classroom. Okay, boo-hoo. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. sorry, that was rude. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but, especially, like, in elementary school, classrooms are messy anyway. Yeah, I was like, they're leaving stuff for everywhere they're a shit show. anyway. <laughs> so, it's fine. Yeah. Less I'll, teaching time. I mean, you can teach yeah. while they eat. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. I don't see a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I just, I think that this is kind of a wonderful bill that it's taking into consideration that, like, not, like, yes, uh, there have always been those programs that are, like, before school yeah. breakfast, but, like, considering that not every kid can get there that early. Yeah. I remember really my wonderful. high school had, like, that breakfast thing, but it mm-hmm. closed, like, 15 minutes before the bell rang. Oh, man. And so, no matter how, what time I got there, breakfast was over. Yeah. But, like, the bus doesn't even get there mm-hmm. until after the breakfast is closed, usually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, next, we have a bill that passed that would incorporate more enhanced kindergarten early intervention programs for young kids. So this bill is hoping to bring kids up to the grade level proficiency and above as they enter the first grade. The program is optional, and schools who choose to participate would need to apply for federal grant funding. I kind of, I don't understand the whole, like, logistics of this bill, but from what it sounds like, it sounds pretty great. Mm-hmm. Making sure kids are caught up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The conversation has picked up a lot more in recent years that a lot of how our schooling system is structured, like, doesn't take into consideration, like, a lot of kids and those kids that fall behind like it Mm -hmm. 
it just pretty much leaves them in the dust. Yeah, especially at such a young, because, like, kindergarten to first grade, I know it's, like, a small time yeah. period, but, like, it's a big jump, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's a good yeah. place to start. Yeah, and there's a lot of development that happens in those years. Yeah. That if a kid falls behind on, then it's can be pretty detrimental, so. Yeah. So, yeah. good on ya. Oh, yeah. All right, moving on to our top story, abortion rights. The first bill passed the Utah Senate this, earlier this week that gives women options on what to do with uh, the fetal remains after an abortion or miscarriage. Senate Bill 67, as it is known, is sponsored by Senator Curtis Bramble, and it's also supported and endorsed by the group Pro-Life Utah. It basically is a bill that gives women options to treat the fetus with dignity and respect, as they say, for those that want to. It mandates that fetal remains can't be disposed of along with medical waste in any circumstance. It basically says either the woman chooses cremation or burial for the fetus, or the medical facility she's at will choose for her if she doesn't want to. It does raise some issues with groups who disagree with the bill, saying it's unfair to make those the only two options for women who don't want either of those things to happen. Um, Others say it's traumatic to make a woman in that situation choose what to do with her fetus. Some opposing groups go even further to say the bill is using legal authority to dictate the fetus as a grown human being, which worries some people that it will be used eventually to overturn Roe v. Wade in the state. Um, I gotta say I agree with those who say it's traumatic to make a woman in that situation basically choose what, like, that is such a... Yeah. I just can't imagine being in that situation where, like, you're obviously going through some mm -hmm. stuff, and it's not, like, easy Mm -hmm. physically or mentally at all to make that decision. So, like, basically say, well, which one do you want to, like, do with this? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I just, that makes me feel a little um, unsettled. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to say it with me? (laughs) I don't know if I feel comfortable saying that language on a microphone, but you you do it. Fuck this. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love when you say that. (laughs) I think we're going to get a few more of those in with the rest of these bills, too. But yeah, I totally agree that like it like it says that it is giving women the option. But really, all it is doing is restricting your options, you know, like they need the option to do either of those yeah. things well and i'm assuming that it already is an option to do either one of I those think things it is like the only thing that it's doing is saying is restricting that one other choice which is yeah yeah <laughs> that's actually very true mm-hmm. so yeah makes me unsettled thinking about asking a woman which she would prefer yeah. In that situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if for those who want to choose, like, that's great, and I'm glad you have that option. I'm sure you had the option before, though. Yeah. So I don't know why you would exactly. have to, like, push that mm-hmm. on the people who don't want to make that decision, so. Yeah, and I can definitely see, like, some people that are against this bill are saying that, like, this can be used to uh, further the conception or definition of a fetus as a grown human being which is really dangerous and is really at 
the core of the majority of these abortion arguments. It's like what you'll notice with like these next few ones we'll talk about too is that like all of them pretty much just set up overturning Roe v. Wade. Which yeah. Is interesting. I don't know if that's really like the basis you want to use to pass a bill, but mm-hmm. okay. yeah. Um, next, we have a bill that wants to put an end to elective abortions altogether which are abortions that take place before the 20-week mark and are carried out for reasons other than maternal health or the health of the fetus. The state lawmaker behind the bill, Senator Dan McKay, says the bill would ban these kinds of abortions as soon as the Supreme Court made the pathway. This would essentially bring the affirmation anti-abortion activists have been looking for, clearly defining that life begins at conception. The interesting part about this bill is it is essentially like dead on arrival for now, unless Roe v. Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court. That's when like it would basically snap into place and maximize the number of abortions that are prevented by the state. Specific language for the bill hasn't been released yet, but McKay did say there would be exceptions for women who became pregnant through cases of rape or incest or if the situation puts the women's life at risk. Anti-abortion activists have been looking for bills like these that would set off cases and a potential Supreme Court hearing. So now that there's a majority conservative judge ruling on the Supreme Court, anti-abortion activists want the chance to present their case and get abortion overruled like on a national level. Give me a sec, I need to get up for this one. Oh, here we go. Headphones are off, people. That's her walking away. I like that. It like echoed from ear to ear for me. Ooh, interesting. All right, I'm back. Get the same experience. I just needed to get that out of my system. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that sums up my feelings about it. I think ugh. this is just um, what is what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's just like you know, you're playing tennis and you're about to serve a ball and you throw mm-hmm. it up there so that you can hit your racket on the ball. This is the tossing up of the ball mm-hmm. for the Supreme Court to hit their racket that, on the ball. That is a good a good metaphor. I play sports. Oh, I don't yeah. play sports. <laughs> That's my sports analogy for yeah. the day. Yeah, but like right now, it's like there's no, um, what are they called? Like the strings or whatever in the racket. So like, yeah, what are those called? <laughs> so it's like if they did try and hit it it would just go right through the racket you know they're waiting for their racket to be um strong (laughs) but yeah i just think it's so like the audacity (laughs) of making a bill that you know cannot legally pass right now just with the hope like yeah they're basically passing it now because they know that, like, if Roe v. Wade was overturned, it probably wouldn't pass later. Yeah. Which is really sketchy. So it's like, I don't know, it's almost like they're trying to, like, lull people into a sense of security of, like, oh, well, there's no way that this can pass right now. But then, like, if, and this is a big if, and I really, really hope that this never happens... If Roe v. Wade ever gets overturned, which just, like, the thought of that makes my stomach turn, like, then this will already be a, a thing. thing. Yeah, once that 
one spot if that whatever yeah gets overturned that's when it would like yeah you know without anyone having to like make the legislation like after roe v wade is overturned and like not even considering what people's opinions or thoughts about it or what the legislative swing might be at that Mm -hmm. time yeah it's really fucked up (laughs) but yeah all right calming down and moving on (laughs) to something that will probably make me even more angry um Our last bill we'll be looking at is a lawmaker who wants to handle abortions in a different kind of way. Yeah, it's definitely a wild card for Utah, I would say. Uh, Senator Derek Kitchen wants to propose an anti-abortion bill that actually expands access to birth control. Kitchen is trying to get enough Republican votes to pass the bill that would give women more Medicaid coverage for contraceptives. At the first hearing of the bill, it was skipped over with a vote to adjourn, so no one actually voted on it. But Kitchen says it's important for Utah to be proactive and empower Utahns to make more educated decisions. Senate Bill 74 would require women to apply for a pre-approved federal Medicaid waiver that would provide contraceptives to women who don't originally qualify for Medicaid coverages, And, interestingly enough, this bill is actually a response to the elective abortion bill that we were just talking about. Yeah, he says that the elective abortion bill is frustrating because if the state tries to further restrict abortion, they have the responsibility to increase access to contraceptives and birth control. So the bill would cover birth control pills, rings, injections, IUDs, and other implants through the waiver, but it's specific to include that it does not cover abortions. I don't know how to feel about this. (laughs) I think, I like that he said, where did it go, that the state has a responsibility to increase access if they're going to restrict, like, the access to abortion. Yes, and I absolutely agree with that, because that is one of the big things that, like, uh, people are just around the country are arguing about when it comes to abortion, is that, like, you can't restrict abortions and restrict contraceptives. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense to me. It's yeah. like, you can't restrict... Uh, yeah. I can't yeah. formulate the words, but Because, yes. like, no matter what, whether it's legal or not, people who have the ability to get pregnant are going to try and seek out abortions. Like, it happens whether it's legal or not, and this has been shown in, like, every country yeah. in the world. It's like, if you restrict, like, access to abortion, they're still going to happen, but it's way more dangerous. Yes. For the women who try yes so. so essentially the point of legalizing abortion isn't necessarily it, it's not necessarily about abortion it's about saving yeah. the lives of people who are going who can get pregnant who are going to seek an abortion either way mm-hmm. yeah and it's like i don't know i don't know the stats to back me up on this but i know i've seen it somewhere but, like, in places that have access to contraceptives and, like, abortion mm-hmm. access. The abortion numbers are, like, lower. Yeah. Because, like, the education is there and mm-hmm. the resources are there. So I don't know why you'd, like, take away all those resources. Like, I just genuinely don't get it. Yeah. I do appreciate that this is a bill that's, like, a safety net, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. It's a, if this does happen, there are some resources that people can use so that uh so that they don't aren't put in a situation where they need to get an abortion yeah because if you restrict one 
you gotta have access to the other. Mm-hmm. Just saying. But yeah. <laughs> I hope that we don't get to a point where it, this is needed. But also just, I think, in general, expanding access to all of these, whether abortion is restricted or not, is a good idea. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. So It's safer. It makes you healthier. Just Let's all, it's, all be safe. Yeah. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well all right that's it for this episode uh make sure to come back for our next episode where we're going to be talking about bills that deal with the environment and what lawmakers are doing if anything to combat climate change we'll also be checking back in on the highlights from the rest of this week as always make sure to check out more of the forum's content on our website wc forum media and follow our social media accounts at wc forum media to get the latest updates on our stories make sure to vote and we'll see you next time